and welcome to the Hales Owen Apostolic Church. Apostolic meaning what God says, not what man thinks. Please enjoy this teaching, and if you want more, visit the website at halesowenapostolicchurch.org. Well, church, another few moments have gone by. Another week has gone by and things are beginning to change. COVID is again growing in the European nations. The EU leaders are being blamed for the response of immunization and scaremongering throughout the world about one of the vaccines. Our country, MPs are beginning to make a stand about conversion therapy. And they have included to stand against the church in their prayers and counseling people who are having problems in that area of their lives. If they have their way, they will stop every prayer and every Christian in talking about anything. But we know the Bible says this is sin and it will never change. So, we have got to be strong. We have got to get our faith strong. We've got to be prepared for every single one of these, every single one of these battles that we're going to have. And you know, it, it, you know, sometimes we look at our lives and think, oh no, it's, things aren't going well. But as, as as we already prayed this morning, look at these areas where people are killing the Christians. They're being enslaved, and you know, and why? Why the Christians? Why not someone else? But that's it. It's God's people that they go. In every part of a Christian's life, there is a battle. And that battle is a spiritual battle. But we acclimatize our minds to what is going on. And when we get these battles, we've got to be incredibly careful Otherwise, we'll go with every feeling and every whim and follow those feelings, you know, whether they're right or whether they're wrong. It's a weakness of our flesh. So it's important we have the faith when we get these, these battles to include others, to battle in the spirit and, and to support one another. So when we're weak, then those who are strong can help us. And I know the Lord wants to help us, but guess what? He's given us a church so we can help one another. It's, we never should be on our, on our own. That is so important. We've, we talk about the medicine, you know, and people, you know, think to, think to themselves, you know, oh, well, I don't want to go to the doctors. And some Christians have done this when they've been ill. Yeah, but medicine has been given. It's been given by the Lord, you know, because it can help, you know. And some of the things that it can help with in our physical being are truly quite amazing. A new heart and new livers and kidneys and, and new limbs and all, you, you name it, there's such a lot. But guess what? Medicine is not stopping this, the many diseases or disabilities or anything going wrong in our physical bodies. It can't. It can only help. It's why God tells us to look after our physical bodies. And yet again, he tells us 
you know, to look after our thinking as well, you know, because that's what it's important. You know, what we think affects our bodies. Why? For it's the inside of us that's real. It's us. That's our soul. It's that. It's that. It's that knowledge, experiences, personalities, our feelings, the history, the attitudes, skills, what we've got, and you know, our character, everything about us. That's us. This body is just houses it. And without that, our soul would not be able to prosper. So it's important that we look after ourselves as well. And God knows that. God knows that. He knows this, this flesh is. He's weak, he tells us so many times. But quite simply, he did, he did, he did, he did give us the, the, the way out. He would transform us by the renewing of our minds. Not the renewing of our bodies, not the renewing of our wealth, not the renewing of many other things, but our minds. Because this is where it comes. No wonder Jesus said, Come to me, all you labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Isn't that amazing? That rest, all the turmoil that we can go through, you can find rest by learning of him, who he is, and how he wants to help us. But he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love this. The yoke, the yoke that people use still in, in some, some countries to um, put their horses or cows or whatever else they're going to use, donkeys together, and it helps plough the field, you know. And, and the Lord uses that natural example to say, hey, yoke yourself to me. Why? Oh, because when the burden gets too much, we can let God do the pulling, the carrying, because he said, my burden is light. So whatever he's telling us to do, he sees that as light. But what we carry sometimes are things that really depress and, 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 you know, and put us down and make, us, make life difficult, even in our own minds. I know myself, um, you know, and I, I, I have to be, be so careful over, over my time that every time I start with a sentence, I think, I really have to very quickly stop and consider what I'm saying, especially when I'm talking about the gospel. You know, and I don't want to say I think. I'm, I'm going to try to say this is what the scripture says. Because that's it. Because when we're talking about the Bible, God, um, etc., what I've realized, it's a fantastic lesson for learning. And we need to learn what God says so we can answer in the affirmative of that it's God and not what we think or feel. <laughs> now, this might sound a bit silly to some people but i changed my speech to begin this is what god says the bible says scripture tells me this is what i've learned and whatever it may be and if i don't know i will not answer any questions but i do but but i do not know i don't answer any questions i don't know the answer to i've, I've got to be really careful and i just simply tell the people oh, okay that's very good i'll be back when i found the answer because it's pointless otherwise they'll pull us up for the question the, the answers that we give you know over the last 27 years i have built up uh, you know the knowledge of god 
uh, you know, purely thanks to his word and his spirit and and the hundreds, probably might even be thousands, I don't know, but I know hundreds of people that have admonished me, reproved me, corrected me, and instructed me in the righteousness of God. And that's why we grow strong, because we do, we act, we do things wrong, people help us. And so, you know, this, 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 all these kind of words sound awful to a normal, natural human being. Don't you dare tell me that I'm wrong all the time. Well, I'm not telling you wrong. I'm just showing you what the scripture is. Why? Because it makes us fully furnished for good works. But also, I know that sounds good because that's God's way, but we find it quite difficult sometimes. But over the years, when I used to find it really difficult, people just keep telling me, I have found that that's what built my faith up. And it's now that faith that I live and I can see, thankfully, for all those people that would, you know, would have that love and boldness and compassion to correct me. It's our faith that brings about the change in how we think, speak and act. Begin to trust God for who he is, for what he says, for what he has done, and lastly, for what he wants to do with each one of us. <laughs> but listen carefully, everyone. We're going to make mistakes. We are going to sin no matter how unintentional it is. None of us are perfect. And none of us are righteous, isn't that? That sounds a right condemnation, but it's true. It's because of those daily things, our feelings and our what's going on and, and the problems that come, everything affects us. You know, with every little bit actually affects us. And it's how we handle it. But not being perfect, all of us can understand that. And sometimes people do not understand what this righteousness is all about, this right way of living. So let me just try to give you some clarity just a little bit this morning on righteousness. Looking up in the, in the Greek dictionaries and in the Hebrew dictionaries, it, it comes out with um, statements such as, righteousness is the character or quality of being right or just. Doing things correctly, isn't it? Which clearly expresses the meaning it is used to show us the attributes of God. And, you know, in Romans 3, 5, the context which shows that the rightness of God means essentially the same as his faithfulness, his truthfulness. It's consistent with his own nature and his promises. So that's all it means. It's looking at what God wants us to do. And so it's so important. For the most part, though, he uses it um, that it's a gracious gift of God. It's you know, when we talk about grace and people say it's the undeserved favor. Well, we can say that, you know, and if God does a miracle upon us, that's definitely an undeserved favor. But most of the time, God favors those that favor him. It's quite simple. And so when, so that, that all who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, what he wants to do is to bring us into that right relationship with God. This, this, this righteousness cannot be obtained by obedience to any law because they failed, the Jews failed. 
or by any merit, merit of man's own. You know, look what I've done, I'm, I'm now righteous. Or any other way, except by faith in Christ. The man who trusts in Christ becomes the righteousness of God in him. Isn't that amazing? When we trust him, we receive his righteousness. Not that we've earned it, but we've got the faith to trust in him in what we're doing. So, you see, it's the faith that brings about the gift of God. And we do know how to get faith. Romans 10, 17, very clearly, I'm not going to do any more than one scripture. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when we hear that and we put it into action, God knows that we're obedient and trying to do what he's asked us to do. Huh. Doesn't stop there, though, does it? And of course, he gave us his spirit to empower us to do what he's asked us to do on this earth for him. It's the reason why. It's because we show him first our faith. And of course, the people we're speaking to. And then, then we grow in faith. The more we sow, the more we grow. I like that saying, the more we sow, the more we grow. The more we try to do, the more God will help us grow. So that's, that's, re that's really important for, for all of us to, to, to get that into our heads. It's okay. Everything we try with God, we're growing. You see, this righteousness, this, this right way of living comes through our faith. Our sins are forgiven through faith. We pray in faith believing God is listening, and yet we can't see him. And it's the simplicity of the gospel. And that's <laughs> the simplicity sometimes confounds people, you know, because if God makes us though we have not sinned, because that's what he does, um, and, and then puts his righteousness upon us, um, you know, because we can't learn righteousness. We can learn to do good. We can learn to follow the scriptures. You know, but we, you know, the Bible turns around and says, when we get to heaven, we'll see our righteousness was just filthy rags. We're, us trying to be good is filthy rags. We just do it. God's, God's perfect right way, he gives us. And, you know, he covers us in his righteousness. All our sin. And, and when the prodigal son comes back, you know, it's the, it's the picture of, of God receiving the sinner. And what did he do? Instead of looking at his filth of what he had on him and what he got, got from him, the world, what he was doing, he cloaked it. He put his best robe on him and gave him his, his best ring and, and covered the filth in his righteousness. That's a great picture of God just... Whatever we've been, when we repent, he gives us that cloak of, of righteousness. It's beautiful. And of course, when we, all we can do is follow what the word tells us to do. And then we know we're doing righteous acts. That's the way we show him. And of course, if we do not follow um, and, and, and follow the worldly wise, then we are doing unrighteous acts it's, it's very very simple and the same goes with faith we hear we believe we act upon what we hear god is happy with and then it's faith in action my everyday life i i really say to god i want to please you god you know what, what why do i ask him that because i know through my life's experience as a christian when i do what god asked me to do he is pleased, and then he wants to please me. 
And, you know, for me, I just think, what a deal. What a deal God gives us. You know, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you an, an incredible one, um, how somebody pleased God and what happened to him. Hebrews 11, 5 and 6. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Isn't that amazing? That he pleased God. I, I just, just so incredibly. He didn't taste death. He was one of the only two people in the whole Bible, in the whole human race, that didn't taste death to be with the Lord. But it's verse 6 that we really, you know, want to impress on our minds and our hearts. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's brilliant. The more we seek him, the more we do, the more we please him, and the more he gives to us. It is. It's, I just find it amazing that all these promises in the Bible are activating our lives by the faith we show our Lord. Right from the time of Abraham, when God gave him the promise that his seed would be the heir of the world, and it was given to him, not because of the law, but because of his faith. So that promise was given according to the grace of God because of his faith. Isn't that beautiful? So you can see there that, 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 that combination of, of having the faith. You know, you can see more grace. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty clear. Isn't it not amazing? And we are in the time of grace. And it is why those incredible promises that the favor of the Lord will be given to us because the faith we show him. Remember, Abraham was about 100 years old and Sarah's womb, the Bible tells us, was dead. And yet, <laughs> Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened by in faith, giving glory to God and be fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. And therefore, this faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. So it made him just and right, even though in the natural, it was impossible to see these things. He didn't think about the impossible. He believed what God said he would do. And with that, he did what God told him to do and reaped the reward. And that's exactly the same to us today. Isn't that amazing? God. Help us, help us all to see why learning this word and putting the word into action in our lives enables you to give us those promises, to open the treasure chest of heaven, you know, and give us what you promise us, that we read and that you would clothe us in your righteousness as your word promises us. When God promises us, he fulfills. So it's us. We know we've got faith. What are you talking about, Mark? We know we've got faith. Yes, you know, we believe this word. We repented. We got baptized in full immersion in water in the name of Jesus Christ, as the Bible tells us. 
And by faith, we received the Holy Ghost. And we began to speak in another tongue, just as the apostles and the disciples and every example in the book of Acts tells us that this happens to every believer that has the faith to believe and receive. We did. And we're on the path. Yet sometimes when the tribulations arrive, we must remember that these tribulations are not peculiar to us. They're not something strange. For the Lord has told us in John 16, um, 33, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. We know it's going to come. And that's where our faith has to be strong and know that when they come, yes, we don't like it. I don't like it. My first reaction to the things that I don't like, you know, is, is oh, and I, I won't tell you what else I do, but, you know, but then all of a sudden I realize, hey, come on, we've got to get through this. How are we going to do it? Come on, Lord, help me. And there we start with that, just that simple prayer, Lord, help me. And, and it's there, and if we can't see the help, then let's, let's pray to God, of course. But then also, let's help one another to get through our times of tribulation. Okay, I'm going to read a few, a bit of tough scripture now, and it is tough for our flesh, but we've got to have the faith to believe it and see it. Romans 5, verses 1 to 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, has been made not a sinner by faith, as when we repent, we know God takes it away and turn away from evil, he's with us. Therefore, we have the peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And though through whom we all have access by faith into the grace where we stand, isn't that beautiful? But by this faith, we do what it is, and, and we do, we stand in this grace of God. Uh, and we rejoice in hope. And don't forget, this hope is not a worldly hope. It's not, oh, oh I really do hope this is going to happen. This is God said, if we do this, this will happen. This is an expectant hope of what God will do. So we rejoice in hope of the glory of God, what God's going to do, because that's what he tells us. And not only that. But we also glory in tribulations. Isn't that great? Oh, thank you, God. You know, it sounds awful. Thank you for the problems I've got now. Oh, no, thank you. I didn't really want this to happen. Why is this happening to me? That's the flesh. They're going to come. We've got to be prepared. Knowing that everything we go through, these tribulations, these problems, produces perseverance. So God would never allow you to have something that terrible that he can't see you through because that's the promise of God. But guess what? Every time we get these problems, it grows us. Where? And perseverance, verse 4, character. So, you know, so it produces a different character in us, not a weak character that goes, oh, no, not me again. But one says, okay, okay, I had a problem before. God's got me through it. 
I'm stronger for it. What am I going to learn here? Come on, help me again then, God. And that's the character change that he wants. That character change is the character have of Jesus Christ. In the character comes hope. And there it is again. This is this expectant hope. Listen to what verse 5 says. Now, hope in God does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit that was given to us. God's already poured this spirit into us. We know he loves us. We know these things. Let's use that love. Let's use that hope. Let's use what he's given us to get through and and to put all these tribulations in their right place. Dear brethren, my brothers and sisters, it's why this faith will triumph. And it will have the victory that God promises us in every tribulation. By faith, we will journey through every problem. By faith, we know if we ask our brethren to help us, they will. By faith, we know God is producing perseverance and endurance in us in our lives, inside us, to create the character of Christ. For he knew what was going to happen to him. And at the end of his time upon this earth, and we know that God will create in us that amazing hope he promises, the expectation of no matter where we are and what going through when our faith shines through, God's love will be poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. And we've got to allow him to love us and to fill us with his spirit at the most unexpected times. You know, by that faith, we were baptized, we believed, and sin was washed away in the baptism. And we had faith to believe that we had completed that born-again experience that Jesus Christ preached to his disciples in John chapter 3 to 5. Born of the the water and born of the Spirit and, and knew we had to be saved. Born again, as some of us have been within the church for years. We still find scriptures that impact us. And by faith, as we learn that we begin to try to follow what the Lord is trying to teach us. (laughs) By faith, every time we make a mistake or fall into sin, and all we do by thought, action, word, whatever it may be, we know we need to repent as fast as we possibly can. So we will not be separated from God's spirit. By faith, we take communion and obey what Jesus Christ taught his disciples to look back and remember what we have done and repent and ask God for forgiveness, to turn away, help us to turn away from all our sinful ways, all evil, the scripture says, and get back on track following the Lord. You see, that's faith in action. This is what pleases the Lord. The more we do, (laughs) the more we grow. The more that God can teach us and use us 
the stronger we will be in faith. This seems hard for us in our flesh, hard in our thinking. But if we do think about it, what else can God do? Would we rather him punish us every time we sinned? Or would we rather go through these things, strengthen our characters, be more like Jesus, and then go to him every time for that repentance and help us to change, hoping we will learn from our mistakes. That's God's way. This is a consequence of us having free will. <laughs> you, know? Oh, you know, people say to me, oh, Mark, I don't want to have my free will. I keep sinning all the time. And I, I fully understand that. I, 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 I did exactly the same when I was learning and I kept messing up all the time. You know, but I learned he will not do that. And he doesn't say that. You still, you know, I asked the Lord to take away my will. You know, I said, Father, I know you said we can have free will. I said, but by free will, I'm giving up my free will and asking you to put your will inside me and, and control my every action. But that is not what he's going to do. I'm sorry to say, and I have learned that from just experience and, of course, what the word says. You know, we have to. We have to learn to love him. We have to learn to show him. We have to learn of him. And, you know, and it, 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 by learning to love him, as we grow in love, uh, we will then want to show our love by doing the things he's asked us to do. You know, and let's be fair, it is. It's that obedience, he says. If you love me, then obey. Obedience shows love. But it's not just that, is it? It's our prayer. It's our worship. It's our praise. It's our learning, it's our study, it's our giving, it's our teaching. It's being his witness in this earth. And of course, doing what we were made for. We were made for good works. Listen, Romans 1, 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Our right way of living, God's righteousness will be revealed to us and to others from the faith we use to be the Christian people that God wants us to be. It is written, the just shall live by faith, not by sight, Lord, but by faith that you've given us. And this, I'm only going to give a few examples of faith here. Matthew 8:10, the centurion. Uh, the centurion wanted his, his slave, slave, slave to be healed. And, 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 and he sent to Jesus, said, no, you don't need to come here, just send your word. This is what Jesus said in verse 10. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who follow, surely, assuredly, listen here, everyone. I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel, as a centurion, not even one of God's people. 
What about the lady with the issue of blood? Matthew 9.22. She had faith. Team me, 12 years. Spent all the money trying to get healed by man. And then she heard about this Jesus by faith. She went and touched the hem of his garden. Isn't that incredible? What faith is that? And when she touched, Jesus turned around and he saw her. He said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Isn't that incredible? Blind men, Matthew 9, 29. Blind men come to him and, and Jesus said, said a lot of things to them. And he said, do you believe? And verse 29 says, then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. Oh, Father, this is the faith we want, Lord. What about the lady who went to Jesus, you know, to, to bless her children? And she, and, and she went there and, and, and it's about the crumbs under the table. And, 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 you know, she went and Jesus said, you know, oh, I can't do this. It's for the Jewish people and, and all this. And Jesus in, in verse 28, 15, Matthew 15, 28 said, she said to him, don't even the dogs eat of your crumbs that come off the table. And she'd gone to him. And this is what he said. Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Oh, Father, in that incredible Lord. And let's just look at ourselves. We look and we see God and, you know, and he says he's the God of the impossible, but sometimes... We don't believe that. Listen, Matthew 17, 20, 21. Um, Jesus rebuked the people because of their unbelief. Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, nothing happened. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, his kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. But he's just showing whatever we think is a mountain in our life and it's not been able to overcome, that we've got to have the faith to believe and keep going on and that perseverance and that endurance, we can't give up. We've got to run the race so at the end of our lives we can turn around and say, I've ran the race and kept the faith. Because on and on, Acts 16, 4 to 5, Paul and Timothy, they went out after after. Paul had met Timothy and, and you know, and, and did some Jewish things that, you know, that we think, oh, but that's what he had to do. Verse four, and as they went through the city, so this is Paul and Timothy journeying, they delivered to them, to the people they met, the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and the elders at Jerusalem. The scriptures, the things that they needed to hear. So the churches were strengthened in faith and increased in numbers daily. That beautiful. This is the church today, giving the teaching, giving the scriptures, following up and getting people saved and teaching and making disciples. There's so many 
so many scriptures telling us about the faith we can have and how we can grow in faith. But we do know our God is awesome, incredible, brilliant, fantastic. You know, I, I really do not, you know, can't find the, the words that can describe him. And, and it always reminds me of that, of, of, of that, 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 that preacher, you know, so, you know, that tries to describe God, you know, and incredible scriptures trying to do it. And even after all the end of it, he's, he's undescribable. That's how incredible he is. But that's our God. That's our God who is trying to increase our faith. Romans 6, 25 to 17. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. For it's now made manifest, it's made open to all. And by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, for obedience to the faith. So there it is. This gospel, this Bible, everything God has given us, you know, is about this faith and that obedience to that faith that with things we're learning. And it ends up with this. To God alone, wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. He is the God of the impossible. He's the God that tells us he's going to live and be with us. He's the God said he'll teach us. He's the God that will bring back scriptures to our memory. He's the God that will take us to heaven. He's the God that, that, that can give us everything we need. He's the God that gives us every bit of our life, our strength, our, 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 our faith, everything about us, the air we breathe, where we live. He owns everything. We own nothing. And no matter how hard we work to grow anything in this life everything will go and it'll be our souls that will go to heaven and that's what we've got to do have that that focus on what God wants us to do for us to get to heaven our brothers and sisters and as many as we can take out of darkness into his marvelous light so church let us grow our faith together in unity as the Lord asks doing whatever we have to do to help us all grow in faith in word in Jesus name amen